Namo tassa bhagavato arahato samma sambhutasa. Namo tassa bhagavato arahato samma sambhutasa. Namo tassa bhagavato arahato samma sambhutasa. I wanted to, it's very lovely to see everyone. I have thought of you a lot and missed you and um, and missed being in the sort of Dharma field because it's a different environment here, even though, of course, the Dharma is everywhere. Um, there is, there is a, you know, being with others who are practicing and um, have a shared language is is powerful even if it's you know online through through zoom it still it has a certain potency so appreciate being with you all today and i'm in this very special situation here um being with my mom at the end of her life and with my sister and uh, the two the three of us and the cat Living together, cat's actually quite important part of the community here. Living together and um, you know bumping up, up against things and uh, getting overtired and feeling challenged and having moments of humour and joy. It's uh, all sorts of things going on, really. And what's very present for me in this situation is um, well I guess it's really about attachment and you know my attachment to my mom uh, attachment to this this land the way like walking around here a sense of um, deep familiarity and resonance and uh, and then you know attachment to views attachment to uh, positions attachment to having one's way you know all of these things start to come up well not they start I and mean, they've probably been coming up forever but they arise in the situations and uh, and because it's it's very contained, you know, like the three of us are here in this quite small house. It's a two-bedroomed house, it's a little house. And uh, there isn't, you can't just sort of go somewhere or, you know, even really, can't really even just like go out to the garden for half an hour or 10 minutes. If one's on duty, one needs to be in the room with mom. And, and, um, and so there's a, a potency to this it's always it's, it's not like uh, I don't, I'm not having a lot of time in meditation in formal meditation but it is a sort of a retreat in a way where you're you're contained there's the situation you know you can't distract yourself too much and there's a potency and uh I mentioned earlier on before uh, the meditation how you know my sister and I because the the uh, situation can get loaded sometimes and get a little intense and 
um, you know, we can get into these contractions and, you know, jostlings and and then as soon as one of us or or even maybe just like dumping on the other one, you know, one's one's just really tired at the end of their shift and they're gonna just kind of dump on the next one. And and when we notice we're doing that, we do this practice of surrender and uh, letting go. And it's funny. It's like it, it it makes light of the of the position that we've just got ourselves in. And 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 because it's so visual to do this, so it's so obvious when one or the other of us does it, you know, it, it's like a mirror. So if my sister's doing this, because something she's she's getting into something and, and I'm getting affected by it, and I'm also doing it, but I'm maybe I'm also you know, in a got a position, but I'm still in it and contracted and have a you know, I don't I'm not ready to give it up yet. There's something about this image of surrender and harmlessness as well. It's kind of like it's like the harmless, the fearless mudra. Um there's something about that that mirrors this this shutting down, this taking a position, and then it's it can't be taken so seriously. It's kind of been sh- the light has been shone on it. So um, it's a very interesting practice in recognizing clinging and letting go of clinging, because that is the basic cause of suffering. That that uh, that contraction, that tightening, that wanting to fix things, wanting things to be a certain way, and it's that that is the the basic problem <laughs> that we create in life. And uh, you know, when I really pay attention, there are all of these things going on, and and everything's changing. Moods are changing, body experience is changing, um, you know, the, the relationship to what's going on changes, um, the, the environment is changing, you know, everything's changing all the time. And then there's this, this tightening up, this kind of gripping that happens trying to make things a certain way or trying to be right or wanting it to be different to how it is. And, and that contraction is the cause of suffering. And then the, the letting go is a release from suffering. And it's, it's very, very simple and really kind of, and the ego just does not want to do it. The very nature of the ego is like, no, it should be like this, I'm right it's you know or it's my way or whatever story the ego has it's 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 always a it's always a position it's always a contraction and so this this physical thing that we do it's not like hands up you know it's not quite like that but it's it's a bit more it's like spiritual surrender you could say and uh, and it opens the heart and it it brings a sort of a ridiculousness in some ways to the to the taking a position. So I don't suppose everyone is in a you know not I don't think it will work for everybody. I think you need two people who are practicing have a spiritual practice, uh, 
who are willing to to both do that, you know, because one has to one has to uh, <laughs> first, you know, it's like I it's not I, I don't I don't do this when my I see my sister doing something that's getting difficult. I do it when I see that I'm doing something that's difficult. And as long as she does it too, which she does, she's often quicker than I am, then it works. So this is a, it's like um, a physical expression of non-clinging. And I watch how there's this, how the, the self wants to contract. It wants to get harder and more solid and and more right. There's this. It's, it's literally. It kind of does that, and then and then there's just offering it up, giving it up, surrendering. <sighs> Such relief. So so great to do that, and so um, you know, softening the grip. The self wants to grip tightly and then just softening that grip. So that's on a relational level, which is a very important level to work on. We are in relationship all the time. And then, you know, it leads me to reflect on really on the Four Noble Truths, you know, what is the, that there is dukkha, dukkha being unsatisfactoriness. And that both has the, it's both that, you know, there's a sense of unsatisfactory, you know, wanting things to be other than how they are. There's a sense of things of unsatisfactoriness. And it's also just the fact of samsara, you know, this realm that this, 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 uh, The, the world or the worlds that we live in are imperfect. They will never be perfect. It's, it's never going to be perfect forever. So it's uh, both the actuality of this experience and it's, the, it's what we do with it. So when we're attuned to the imperfection of, of, of life and we're present with and, and uh, moving with things as they are, there's um, a joyfulness, a peacefulness, an openness. And when we are trying to get things to be the way we think they should be, and trying to get everything right, and make other people behave the way we think they should behave, and so on, then there's a lot of suffering. So you know, there's layers to this because it's not just, as I you know, often say, it's not just about, you know, giving up on everything and everything's okay. So like in this situation, if, if I was with somebody who was abusive and I'm going, I surrender, it wouldn't work. That would be a, a bad dynamic. You know, then, then surrendering probably wouldn't be the right response. Um, so it's, you know, one has to use one's discernment and there are things that need to be addressed, and, and we are, you know, as we, as long as we're here in this world, we we have an opportunity to do good, 
to make a difference you know in our own lives and in the, in the lives of others as best we can and that's important that's an important part of of being here of showing up you know, transforming the old uh, harmful patterns and manifesting bringing up the good qualities this is a really important part of of our lives, of, of, of the use of a life. And then at the end of our life, we can look back and not feel regret, and not, you know, or we can maybe work out our regrets along the way. And, uh, you know, be able to let go into a, with, with some peacefulness. And I feel also a really important part of the, of the practice is to you know, work through those difficulties. Like, um, you know, I've often felt grateful that my mother has lived so long, you know, I'm nearly 55 and she's still here. And uh, I haven't always, you know, it wasn't always an easy relationship. And over the years I've been able to, we've both been able to work through stuff and let go of stuff and appreciate each other as we are and uh, support each other really in different ways and now there is you know as I, as it comes to the end there's not a lot of baggage to work out which is really nice so i think that's i feel that's a very important part of the practice and the buddha speaks about um you know even if it's very graphic even if you carry your parents both of your parents on your shoulders and uh, and they're defecating and urinating down your back, and you know even if you have to do that, you're not you you still don't repay the 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 blessing that they gave you gave us to have this life. So it's a powerful image. It's actually kind of quite fitting in a way because you know I always think like wow that's really extreme, but actually you know when we get to the end of our life when we're old, it is a bit like that. We need helping from here to there and can't, you know, control things the way we used to. And it's kind of, yeah, there's a bit of that too. It is a bit like that. So I think it's important part of the path to attend to those relationships and to heal them and let go the best we can. And that's not about making our parents be the way we think they should be or be the perfect parents that they ought to have been. But it's about making peace with how things are. And, uh, you know, karmically, our relationship with our parents is, is probably the most entangled, the strongest. Um, so this is an important one to attend to while we can. And even if they've passed on, can still it's about it's about freeing the heart undoing the undoing the knots and the tangles and the resentments and the hurts and, and forgiving and understanding accepting letting go in order to have uh, peace peace in our own hearts and to to free them also so there is dukkha, and there is a cause, and the cause is wanting, it's craving. 
wanting things to be other than how they are. It's wanting more, wanting less, wanting to get, wanting to get rid of, wanting to become, wanting to not be here. So it's the cause of dukkha. And the cessation of dukkha is when we're aligned with things as they are. And that when we're you know, first of all, it's like really under deeply attuning to the reality of impermanence. It's it's a very very interesting practice. It's amazing. It's it's I can't overestimate how important it is to get curious and get interested about the transience of life, not just as a concept, not thinking like not just like oh one day I'm going to die, but right now at any moment, how things are arising, how we're meeting what's arising, what we what we put on top of that. You know, we, we create worlds. And we can learn to undo those creations and just let things be as they are. So that's that's part of it. Part of it is just attuning to things as they are. And part of it is also bringing something good to what is here and now. So, yeah, the cause of dukkha is, is tanha, first cravings. And, and dukkha can cease. And it does cease. We, we we can experience that cessation. And sometimes we look for the big cessation. We overlook all of those many, many, many little cessations because we're waiting for the big one when we're going to be finally liberated and we're not going to, really going to bother with all those little ones. So that's not a great way of going about things. So we need to be a, attentive. There's dukkha, so like with my sister. There's dukkha, oh, okay, I'm I'm getting into something. Okay, okay, I'm getting into something, and then the duke is there, and I'm mm, position, and then and then I can feel my heart starting to open, and and then maybe we both laugh because it's kind of a little bit silly standing with your hands in the air, and, and then there's cessation of duke has passed because there's no more contraction, there's no more resistance to things as they are, there's a an attunement, and humor is is such an important part of that. The Buddha doesn't talk about humor much, but he can be a little humorous here and there. But it's uh, a great way of letting go to just laugh. And then there's the path, you know, which is our life. It's attuned to the reality of things, impermanence change and where we're showing up in as skillful a way as we can when we're training ourselves to you know, change the old harmful habits and uh, and not just in order to be a good person so it does happen along the way that we can become a good person through this practice but that's not really the point 
it's good. I mean, it's beautiful actually, but it's and it's a blessing in the world, and I and and it's nice, you know, to 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 live in a way that where one can be content with oneself and feel quite quite okay, you know, when one's alone with oneself, that it's good company. That's that's great. But the you know the point of it is not to become a good person. Because there can be a certain rigidity in that. But it's to let go of all the things that are shutting us down, holding us back, uh, creating more unwholesome karma. It's going to be a struggle for us later. And it's cultivating those things which bring a sense of openness and joy and confidence and well-being and uh, freedom and then as we do that gradually gradually who we are how what we take ourselves to be changes and there's a there's a more space and there's more joy and there's more lightness so we really want to work towards you know, in, we, talk, we have this word enlightenment, which is a bit of a, not a brilliant fit for Nibbana. But it is about, get, we do get lighter as we practice. And you know, that, that grasping, that, that tightening softens and opens. So freedom from dukkha is not being at odds with the way things are. It's being attuned to the reality, to the Dhamma. Everything's changing. And this sense of me and mine, this sense of self, something to really get curious about. So the perception of impermanence, when it's really attended to and cultivated, it leads to a deep understanding of anatta, not self. It, not just an understanding, but a direct experience of letting go of the solid sense of self. Because as we notice everything changing, it can't, it's not, there's nothing too solid anymore. And it's, so it's, it's important to get interested in this and notice the contractions and be really honest about them. It's like, oh, there it goes again. And we may or may not be able to attend to them. We might be like, oh, God, there's a contraction, but I'm just going to go with it. I can't help it, you know. It's like, okay, then you do that, and then you see the results. It's like, okay, probably the results are going to be painful. And, and then, you know, you might have to do that a hundred times, a thousand times. But if you keep paying attention to the contraction and the reaction and then the results of that. And you, and you follow it all the way through. Don't just stop at the, at the feeling of the reaction. Follow it through to the results. What were the results of that? What's the repercussions? At some point, you're going to want to change and soften, open, deepen, widen.
So our formal meditation practice is really important. It's, it's, uh, it's kind of, because our personality doesn't have to show up, even though it might sometimes, but it doesn't really have to show up in the meditation. It's a time when we can put everything down, the stories, the planning, the, the push to the future, or the wanting to shut down, or whatever it might be and come more fully into the present. So it's very important to have times of formal meditation to strengthen our connection with reality. And then, you know, the practice in our daily life, in relationship, in you know, how we show up, in what and how we respond, react to things is also essential. So it doesn't really work to say, well, I'm just this kind of person. I'm just an angry person, so I'm just going to be angry. Well, I'm just anxious, so I'm just going to always be anxious. And it's like, well, that's the way to perpetuate it. And the Buddha does give us antidotes to these things, opposites that we can cultivate to create more balance. So I think that's all I want to offer today, actually. And uh, yeah, I hope there's something useful there. So I'm going to turn off the recording for the Q&A, so you're free to speak.